Today's video is a solved true crime case about the serial killer John Wayne Gacy. If you don't know who I am, my name is Tiffany. You can catch me here every Tuesday for a little bit of true crime. I like to call myself a couch detective. So, yeah, that's my thing. So John grew up in Chicago, Illinois. He was the only son out of three siblings. He had two sisters. His mother was a housewife and his father was a auto mechanic. So let's talk about his childhood. He had a rough childhood. It was a very hard time at home. And what I mean by that is his mom was like, she tried to be as good as she could could and she was a good mom in some aspects but her his father was really mean to him and he would like call him a sissy all the time and just like real just put him down all the time and said he was like super girly just because like he wasn't into certain things that like his dad wanted him to be into like he wasn't like really into like cars and things like that and his dad just like thought that was like super like girly and said he was a mama's boy because his father did like assault him a lot assault yeah assault him a lot and would like whoop him any chance he got or beat him and beat him any chance he got and his mom would like try to like get in the way like no don't do that stop she she tried and like she really did try and he would just get on him even more like that you're a mama's boy you're a weenie bad stuff but he also liked to state that you're probably going to grow up queer end quote now john's father wasn't just abusive to him he was also abusive to his wife and his other kids but not on quite the same level it was like mainly john that he was just so mean to like i feel like he just seen it as that was his son and he had like these insane expectations for like how a son should be and he just wasn't any of those things which is not how it should be at all but he was also a raging alcoholic so he would drink and he would just go mad and he was just so horrible and had such a, a horrible temper all the time but when he was drinking it was just like uncontrollable there's been several occasions where John's friends would come over and they've stated like that his father really would beat him for no reason just standing there and John would never fight back because that was his father he like he didn't like if he fought it was just gonna make it worse and it was just he never fought back he just took it and it was just a horrible situation when john was in elementary school he learned that he had a heart condition so that meant that he could not do any sports he could not really do anything athletic at all during that time and that really just made his father like just completely like want nothing to do with him like he just kept putting him down even more because of this. He's like, you can't do sports? Like, what are you good for? You can't do anything. I guess, like, when you're a kid, that just seems obvious. You gotta do something athletic, but it's not. And then in the fourth grade, it went from, like, oh, I just have a heart condition to I can't do anything because he kept experiencing blackouts. Like, he would just black out for no reason. So he would want to, like, do things in school, and the teachers, like, sat him down and was like, Look, I know you want to do these things, but you can't. I mean, that would terrify me as a parent. Like, my kids having blackouts. Like, they don't teach you what to do with that. Like, that's so scary. I'm sure it's scary for him because he would wake up and he, he just didn't know what happened. And that's, like, I've heard common in, like, seizures and things. You just wake up and you're like, oh, well, 
I don't remember anything. So I think that's exactly how it worked with his blackouts. Now he did experience these blackouts, but his father never believed them because there was really no diagnosis for it. His father just thought he was doing it for attention and he, it's like, oh, my kid's having blackouts? Hmm. No, you're not. No, you're not. It's, you're making it up. But his sister and his mom always thought he was telling the truth, but his dad, of course, did not believe him at all. Now, when John turned 18, he really started to find himself and he really found himself into politics. That's like his thing. So when he did turn 18, he joined like the neighborhood Democratic Party. Like they had like a little group and people said that he did this to like gain his father's respect, but I really feel like it was just because he liked it because you're going to learn that he really liked being a part of something and it felt, he felt like, like he had a purpose. So he's 18 now and his dad actually buys him a car. I know, surprising. Yes, he buys him a car, but it's not like, oh, I love you, here you go, here's a car. I mean, I don't know how money was for the family, but he did have to pay the car back completely. And it took him a long time to do, th to do this. I mean, it's a car, I'm sure it did. But his dad would hold that car against him. And like, if he didn't do exactly what he was supposed to, he would take the keys away. I mean, I feel like that's normal, I mean, doesn't like everyone like go through that? Like if you don't do right and you're not good, you don't get to drive the car because the car's a privilege. Okay, that's how I see it, but it would like really make him mad. His dad would take the keys all the time, so he copied the keys. So he was just tired of his dad's crap at this point. So he's like, I'm leaving, this is it. But so he gets, gets in the car and he goes to crank the car. Car's not cranking. His dad took a part out of it, a car part, so it wouldn't crank. But he copied the keys, so, because he's like, you keep taking my keys, I'm going to copy the keys so I can go anyway. But the car went crank, so it, it took him quite a few days to finally put the car part back in it. He cranked his car, and he headed to Las Vegas. He was done with this garbage. So he's in Vegas, he's got to live, so he's trying to find a job, he's got nothing, he's got no one there, he's out on his own for the first time ever. He's only 18 years old. So he gets a job working in like ambulance services um, before he like transfers into working for a mortuary, like where dead bodies are. So he's working for this mortuary and he has his first experience with a dead person in his first, I don't want to say homosexual experience, but this is like the his first time like, like, hmm, maybe I have feelings for males. I don't know, that's how I see it, but you let me know what you think. But one night, he actually gets into the coffin of a teenage boy and sleeps there through the whole night. And like, it's creepy, but he did it because he like used to sleep in a cot beside like the embalming, like where they embalm bodies. And I guess he just started getting curious. So he slept in the coffin one day. Oh, just thinking about it, it's like, oof, but he would do that. And he woke up and, you know, you should be feeling like freaked out or like this, but he's like, ooh, I'm like attracted one to this young guy. And he's like, mm, that's not so bad. Like, I can do whatever I want. He's just there. It's weird. He sat there and just like caressed the body. Like, just like, it was like his spouse just laying in bed. That's how he, that's how he treated it. But um, he worked there for three months and then he just realized that like he was having a really hard time finding a job out in Vegas because he didn't have his high school diploma. He did go to high school, but he ended up going to like six different high schools 
and he dropped out senior year. It was just like not happening for him. So he calls his, his mom. He's like, Mom, I really want to go back home. You know, I can't afford my apartment here. No one wants to hire me because I don't have a high school diploma. Things like that. So she calls. She's like, yes, of course. But let me ask your father. And he actually agrees. John goes back home and he actually gets into business school. And he gets like a degree in business. And he gets out of his business school and he gets a job with a shoe company. And he it's going really well. He's like a management trainee. He's going to become a manager. He's doing really well. And he seems to be thriving in like a management position. I'm sure he just loves it. And he is then, he's doing so well, they ask him to transfer him to Springfield, Illinois. And during this time when he transfers to Springfield, he actually becomes engaged to a co-worker named Marilyn. He ends up marrying Marilyn and he becomes a part of like this committee and he works tirelessly for them. It's just like, you know, kind of I know they get stuff done, but it's really just like a whole bunch of guys just hanging out. And he said this is actually when he has his first like sexual encounter with like a live man. He actually was told that like him is like the guy in the committee was hanging out. He got drunk and then the guy performed oral murmur on him. And it's just like blew his mind. And he was married to Marilyn at this time. And this was like a guy from his like committee. And it's just like... This is like his first like real experience. So his new father-in-law, Marilyn's father, just loves him. He's like such a good guy. He's so like smart. He's like a really good manager. So her dad, so his father-in-law, ends up purchasing three KFC restaurants. You know, like the Colonel Bucket of Chicken. It's like, hey, I want you to manage them because you're a really good manager. So he moves to like Iowa and he manages the three KFCs and he's like doing really good financially at this point like ev like this is like the ideal perfect life you know he's making good money like he's making like equivalent today like over a hundred thousand dollars a year and he also gets a share of all the profits from all three of these KFCs so he's like killing it right now so during this perfect time he you know starts to mess around and he would in his basement he would open up like a little club is what he called it and all of his friends from like that committee would come they would drink hang out have fun and then he would like casually like make little comments to see if like any of the guys were interested in him and this was like at his house like his wife's upstairs but he would be downstairs you know just like seeing like hanging out with the guys and just seeing if anyone's interested in him so he'd be like hey you i don't know how to flirt but like hey you look i don't like you and then if he would just judge how they reacted to see if they was into him. So if they were like, nah, dog, he would be like, okay, uh -huh, I was just joking with you. Or if they were into it, he would like, you know, try to make it a thing. But more times than not, it didn't end up going his way. But for the marriage, everything so far seems to be going good. His wife just gave birth to a daughter and then a son. And everything's good. And he said he finally felt like he had his father's approval his dad actually sat down and was apologized to him he's like i was wrong about you i'm sorry i shouldn't have treated you the way i treated you and he's like oh my god i've been chasing after this my whole life like this is what i wanted you know deep down and he was just like this is it life is perfect yes and now he is the vice president of the committee and everyone just like raves about him like he's so 
good at being like the vice president and he would bring like chicken and all the food from the restaurants things like that you know just to get more people to join like he got an insane amount of people to join this like committee but during this time it also became known that they did uh, a lot of uh wife swapping prostituting prostitution like they would have prostitutes come and then they would like watch pornography and like you know a bunch of naughty naughty stuff now he's the vp of this committee but one of the other members of the committee has a son that is 15 years old and gacy decided that he's gonna assault him so he convinces him to come over to his home um to watch you know some things um and he actually ends up, you know, taking advantage of this guy and assaulting him. And this guy, he told him, like, oh, if you tell me, no one's going to, like, believe me. But he ended up telling his father. And his father called the police on him. Thankfully, he believed his son. And he was like, okay. Uh, and called the police on him. And the police interviewed him. And he was like, no, that's not true. I'll do a polygraph test. Like, it's complete garbage he's just making it up and then he also tries to get another one of the sons of like a friend in the group um to come over to his house for $50 like that just sounds sketch you're just gonna give me $50 to come over your house no 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 so he is officially arrested for sodomy Gacy's arrested and he is completely denying everything he says nope this is not true, this is completely made up. He said that it was a political move and that, you know, someone in his community is like blackmailing him because he's just like too good at what he does and they just don't like him. So they're just like lying about this. This is just complete garbage. I would never do that. Now, right after this happened and the guy went to the police, he went to like another person right before he was arrested and was like, I'll pay you. $300, I will pay off your car, because this was like back in the day, I'll give you $300, and I'll pay off your car if you go beat him up so he can't testify. So like, that's exactly what the guy did. He beat him up and like pepper sprayed him and all kinds of stuff, this guy um, that was one of his employees, but the guy, he beat up the victim, like he knew what he looked like, like he saw him. So he told the police like, yeah, that guy beat me up. And as soon as that guy was confronted, he was like, oh yeah, well he paid me to like beat him up. So then he just got another charge. So he got charged for sodomy and now he's getting a charge for like hiring someone to beat someone up and assault and all that stuff because he's innocent, but he doesn't want him to testify. So once he's arrested, he does plead guilty to the sodomy charge, but he won't plead guilty to anything else, just only the sodomy. And they did do a psychiatric evaluation on him for like seven days, and they learned that he has a antisocial personality disorder. Now, as soon as he's arrested for this, his wife is like, no, and she's out. She divorced him. She's done. And remember, she has the two kids. Now, out of anger, he's like, I want nothing to do with you. He, like, lashes out, loses his crap because she's just, like, walking out on him. And she's like, I don't want anything to do with the kids. I don't want nothing to do with you ever. You know, you're dead. He literally said, you're dead to me, end quote. You might be wondering, how does J John do in, like, prison? Okay, one, he thrives. He thrives. I tell you, like, not even joking. He thrives. He becomes the head cook of like the prison and he's like just so proud of himself people are actually like coming to this prison and they're doing like a documentary 
on like prison life and he does an interview and he's like so proud of himself he's like you know these men here they get so good you know I make sure everything's so good with the prison they get good food they can eat as much as they want they just got to eat all of it and that he, they actually have like a committee in the prison it's called like the JC's and he made it go from 50 people signed up in like the JC like group to 650 men like that's actually insane he did that and then he also um, made it happen where there's a miniature golf like area installed in the recreational yard and I'm like I have like questions about that but he did manage to do that so all these men they loved him and he was sentenced to 10 years for that sodomy charge but he was only in there for 18 months for good behavior now this just makes me so mad I think sex crimes are so so horrendous I think they should be taken so much more seriously than they are and I don't think it's okay to get a 10 year sentence and be out in 18 months but that's a whole nother video um oof, that just makes me so mad while he's in prison he gets notice that his father has passed away you know the father he just you know just approved of him all these years later well he died and Gacy like supposedly completely lost it like he lost it when he heard his father died like he was just so upset like his whole world was crashing down and he was convinced that his father died from shame that he was just completely ashamed of his actions that what he did and he ended up in prison he threw away his good life and i mean he didn't die of that he died of cirrhosis of the liver because he was an alcoholic for an insane amount of years but like he was convinced that he died of shame not long after he's already going back to his his bad ways he lures a young boy from a greyhound bus station to his car car <clears throat> and tries to force sex on him so the young boy gets in contact with the police and the case is eventually dismissed because he actually never showed up to testify but like he got lucky like he would have immediately gone right back to prison i'm sure hopefully now let me remind you he's on parole but the parole board doesn't hear about these charges until they're already like done like they're done so they completely you know parole you did good great it's over so now he's just going back to like normal life because they never heard about these charges i don't know what ball was dropped with that one but his mom financially helps him out to get a house like his own little house and so he can you know get back to living his life so not long after he moves into this house he finds a new woman and he becomes engaged to a woman named carol and she has two daughters and remember he does have two like actual children's and ex-wife but he wants nothing to do with them he doesn't talk to them that's done and things aren't great because after they are together on mother's day not long after mother's day he tells her look i'm bi and you know what you have i'm not interested in anymore so like we're not going to be sleeping together anymore like you're just here so he's like wants nothing to do with her even though like they just got married all that he wants nothing to do with her but they're still together for a little bit even though it's like really like a roommate situation but she ends up finding like like male wallets and like 
photographs and male pornography in the garage and she asked him like what is this about and he's like it's none of your business and just completely loses his crap on her and like at this time he's also like having several parties with like politicians and people like hanging out over she said sometimes up to like 400 people would be here just like having all kinds of parties and he would um leave super early in the morning come back super late at night i don't know if it's mostly to avoid her or do suspicious things but he was like never home and then they got into a dispute over a checkbook she like balanced the checkbook wrong and so they got into like a really heated argument no police were called or anything like that but they did get into a heated heated debate about it and she was like look i want a divorce from you you're trash i don't like you anymore so he agrees so but she ends up still living there for a little bit just until like she can afford to move out into an apartment with her two dollars so yeah, that's what happened with her. After she moves out, he becomes like a head cook at like a restaurant. And then he decides to open up his own contracting business. So he would work all day and then at night he would start his contracting business. And it actually became, I think it was called PDM. And it was super successful. Like he was making like over $200,000 like a year just doing that. And then he also worked as a cook. And then it suddenly became like his full-time job because he started taking off. Here's getting on my nerves. And, you know, it was thriving. Like, he, and then he decided, hey, you know what? I want to be a clown too. So then he starts like dressing up as Pogo the Clown. And he like, you know, he has all these politician friends. So he would go to these parties, dress as a clown. He was super happy. Like he seemed to really like it for some reason. He, he, I think he just felt invincible in like this, this clown costume. But he, he started doing that as well. Now he's got this business and at this business, you know, he's like, I need to find, you know, the perfect people for my company. He decides, of course that he wants young teenage boys. Now you think, oh, well, maybe it's because, you know, they don't have much experience, I can pay them less, you know, save money. But that, you know, I think you know, that's that's not why he wanted to have these young men working for him, but he would, you know, soon after they started working for him, he would say, well, you need to do, like, he would try to get them to do sexual favors. Like, well, if you want a promotion, you need to, you need to do this. Well, if you want a car, you need to do this. You want to do, you got to do stuff for me to do that. And then he ended up driving to Florida with one of his employees um, to, like, check out a job or something. And he ends up, like, sexually assaulting this, his employee. And, like, he gets him drunk, he ends up sexually assaulting him. And then when they get back in town, he goes over to Gacy's house and he beats the living crap out of him on his front lawn. But you know what? Good for him. Hope we got some really good hits in. His assaults soon turn deadly when he invites a young man over to his house. And the young man and him stay the night. You know, he stays over with him. You know, they do things. And it's like, you know, a good situation. But then he, Gacy wakes up and that morning... The guy who stayed with him overnight is just like standing there like with a knife just like standing there like hi when he wakes up and like he like loses it he completely like snaps and he like jumps on the guy and him and the guy start wrestling because he thinks he's gonna kill him like all he sees is a knife and you know I'm sure he's paranoid at this point he's a horrible guy so he like jumps on him and he like sh like straddles him and he stabs him and kills him and then he walks into the kitchen and realizes that that guy was like just trying to make him breakfast and he just killed him but 
he actually, once he did this, he killed him, he said it was like the most amazing feeling and he just like, he felt some things when he did it, but he also said that it was just like the ultimate thrill that he's never experienced before. So after this, he just continues with his crimes and a few of his employees have actually gone missing at this point. And a lot of the parents end up calling like the police and they know like, hey, he works for him. He was the last person to see. Casey was the last person to see him. And like, I think one family even called the police over a hundred times to investigate Gacy and they just didn't believe him. Like he, he was just such a admirable person of the community. They just completely did not believe that it was him. They just did not listen to it. He was just such a friendly guy. It was just like complete garbage. So John ends up going to a local pharmacy near him and he speaks with the owner about doing like a contracting situation. He wants to like renovate the pharmacy and the guy who works there um, and him get to talking and he's like looking for like a different job and he's like, well, you know what? I'm looking for like a guy to do a job and I'll pay $5 an hour. And he was like, oh heck yeah, $5 an hour is double what I'm getting paid here. I'm excited. So John's like, yeah, just come to my house. We'll talk about it. You know, nothing. And he's super excited. His mom actually pulls up to pick him up from work and he goes outside and tells his mom, like, mom, I'm going to meet this guy about a job. He wants, you know, he's looking for someone. I'll just meet you back at home. And he's a good kid, like such a good kid. You know, he's so respectful. He always comes home. You know, good kid. He goes to meet Gacy and you know, things go bad, he sexually assaults him, and then he actually ends up killing him and burying him under the crawl space of his home. Now, we'll learn a lot about that crawl space. Like I stated, he has been doing this for years, but this one is a really, we need to know about this one. We need to know the details. So he puts him under the crawl space. The next day, he hasn't come home. The parents are freaking out at this point. So they call the police and the police are like, okay, where's the last place? And they was like, okay, he works at the pharmacy and right before like he took off, he said he was gonna go meet a guy about a job. So the police station goes, so the police, not the police station, the police go down to the pharmacy and talk to the owner and there's like oh yeah i know exactly who you're talking about it's john wayne gacy i don't know why we always feel the need to say his full name but it's john it doesn't feel right if i don't say the wayne part but it's john and that's who he's talking to so they go to interview john he was like um i remember who you're talking about i think it was this guy um i don't know his name for sure but i never offered him a job like that's not true at all so they're just kind of like, okay, you know, um, can I have a look around? So they look around, they don't really see anything like too suspicious, but they do like grab a few things and they're like, okay, well, let me just like look around and they grab like a ring and they grab like, they see like some pornography and some like, you know, some things that he's interested in around the house and then they go back to the pharmacy and they're like hey well he said he never offered him a job you know all this and I think he also stated that he never even like went to the pharmacy and like talked to anybody and the owner's like that's baloney he was just here yesterday like he I know like I'm not crazy so the police go back to his house to take a look around and be like look you know, story's not matching, you know, but he, like, 
John always has an alibi for everything. Like, you think he wouldn't, but he does. He has an alibi for everything. Um, but they know. Like, you know what? You're the last person. It has to be you. So one of the cops wants to go to the bathroom and just look around. So he ends up cutting through the bedroom and goes to that bathroom. And the first time they were there, the heat wasn't on in the house. But this time, the heat is on in the house. And from my understanding with old houses, like the heat goes up, you know, through the vents from like the crawl space. And he smells a horrendous smell that if you've smelled once, you know what it smells like. And that is the smell of a dead body. So he tells the other police officer with him, he's trying to keep it on the down low. He's like, hey, we need to go down. Like, it smells like a damn dead body coming through the crawl space. We gotta check it out. So they decide to do surveillance on him. They end up surveilling him. They have like two um, different pairs of guys doing 12 hour shifts on watching him. Now how does Casey take this? Not well. He does not like it. Not even a little bit. They said that like he started to look like crazy pants. He was exhausted. He wouldn't shave. He wouldn't take care of himself. He wouldn't bathe because he was just like so freaked out about them just watching him and he knew that they were watching him like they would just sit there they would tell him everywhere and sometimes john would like get away from them sometimes he really wouldn't like escape from them he was not having it at all it was going horribly but since the police is following him for no apparent reason they have no reason to be following him because he's completely innocent that he decided he's going to sue the police department for almost seven hundred thousand dollars so he goes to his lawyer's office and he's like i want to do this but when he shows up he shows up drunk out of his mind like like i said he hasn't been taken this well so he he's just like feeling suffocated things are going on so he starts drinking he's there and he's just letting it all hang out everything's hanging out he's sloppy he's messy you know whatever i don't know i've never been drunk before but um, maybe he's saying all this stuff i don't know but he's saying all of this and he actually starts admitting like he starts talking but then he starts admitting yeah that guy here in the paper i just spit he's dead he's in the river and they're like what they're like yeah he's dead um like i killed him and put him in the river Oh, this guy's dead. This guy's this kid. So he just starts um, admitting to over 30 murders. And the, there's two lawyers there just sitting there like, uh, is this like real? Like, what should we do right now? So um, they're like completely, their mind is blown. My mind would be blown. I'm like, is this real? Like, but he admits to all this and they end up calling the detectives and it's like, yeah, he just, like, did this. Like, I know we're lawyers, but, like, he did this. Like, hello? So after the lawyers call the police, John falls asleep. Like, after he's confessing, he just, like, knocks out. And then they're, like, calling. They're, like, setting stuff up. And when he wakes up, um, you know, people are, like, the police already, like, got a search warrant. You know, they're ready to go in. And, like, they're telling him, like, hey, like, stuff's going down. He's like, no, 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 I have stuff to do. Like, I can't deal with this. And he's just, he starts acting like, sporadic you know i was gonna say spastic but that's not right sporadic it's just like going all over the place he's like no i gotta do this gotta do this gotta go see my sister gotta do this and he just starts acting super weird i mean i'm sure i would after you know confessing that but 
he just starts going all over the place and they let the police know and they were worried that he was going to commit suicide because he's like doing all this weird stuff like like he's saying farewell like I'm leaving goodbye but meanwhile they're at his house under the house checking out the crawlspace what do they find in the crawlspace <sighs> they start digging the crawlspace and they're under there minutes like legit minutes and one of the guys who's digging around gently says I think this whole place is filled with kids and they find 30 bodies in his crawlspace of young boys not only under his crawlspace there's also some under the garage and then he also admitted that there was some in the river because he ran out of space under the crawl space and he threw some in the river because that was just easier and he said sometimes he would have doubles so two um, guys that he would kill one day and toss into the river the employees were actually digging the ground under his crawl space so he would tell his employees hey because he got tired like he said this was like physically draining to like kill someone then you have to do all this work afterwards it was a whole thing and he would just be so exhausted so he'd be like I need you to dig six feet here um four feet wide but stay here don't go anywhere else stay right here and they're digging this and they didn't know why and they would always put lime down they never knew why but then as soon as this was out and they were starting to interview they're like oh, it makes sense like it just all makes sense now like before they just like didn't understand like why didn't we just put lime under here if it was like wet because he said it always smelled so bad at his house because it was like the moisture where like you know the underneath his house I don't know much about that but that's what he said it was complete garbage like people would not go to his house because his house smelled so bad like you could go outside next door and it would smell so bad like people stated this he's on death row for 14 years before he's ex executed and during this time he's like had a few run-ups where like people have stabbed him and he's had to like undergo treatment like some a guy stabbed him in like the arm things like that I'm not saying I feel bad, like, you know. He was charged with 33 counts of murder. So it's the morning of his execution, and he, for each inmate that's on death row, I believe you can request whatever last meal you want. Like, whatever you want, they'll go get it. So he requested KFC, like a bucket of KFC chicken, um, fried shrimp, fresh strawberries, Diet Coke. I think that's it. For his last meal, and he also prayed with a Catholic priest. He prayed with him, and then he was executed at like um, almost one in the morning that day. And they actually removed his brain and studied it to see like if he had any problems or anything. And people just cheered outside the correctional place, just cheered for his death. Even people who were against the death penalty, they just were out there just quietly standing there like as a vigil for the victims. But yeah, that's it for the John Wayne Gacy case. Please tell me what you think. I find it crazy fascinating. I'm going to be annoying. If you haven't subscribed, do that. You know, expect true crime here every Tuesday at least. You know, I'm working on it. I'm new. But thank you so much for being a part of my day. And I'll see you next time.